When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but, you know, tis the season. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> with me, as always, is my co-host, the skeptic. But you know what? She's pretty invested in these episodes. So how skeptical is she? Kristen stuttered. Hey, Kristen. I'm still skeptical. You can be invested in skeptical. I guess you're blazing the trail in that, in that <laughs> regard. But yeah, this is uh, this is fun. This is the beginning of our third voter calling episode. We're getting out there. We're putting on our pollster hats or our lobbyist hats in, mm-hmm. in some cases and talking to people who have actual rock hall ballots. And what a way to start off our third episode with one of our good friends, someone who we met doing this last year and has subsequently joined us at other times. One of my absolute favorite guests of all time. Me as well. Former NomCom member, Lauren Anki. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Joe, Kristen, it's great to be here. Kristen, I'm glad you are well and thank recovered you. from COVID world. I've come to value your conversations more all the time. So um, that's so, so nice. You're just doing such great work. So it's fun. And this is a ridiculous ballot. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Wild, yes. We're we're all going to try to make sense of it (laughs) here today. Now, would you say, though, there is anybody on this ballot where you're like, we don't even really need to discuss it. They're getting your vote. Mostly. I mean, I have to say about this ballot, it's I feel like whenever I work on the ballot, I'm on chopped food networks <laughs> chopped and I'm supposed to make dessert, but I've been given steak, mm-hmm. mustard greens, and capers to make dessert. Like mm-hmm. this is the this is in the years that I've been voting, this is the first ballot where I thought, like, I don't know what this institution's trying to do. <laughs> and I don't mean genre police. I mean just Like, what are you doing? So many things didn't add up for me. But I started with anybody in my yes column, slam dunk, anybody pretty much slam dunk in my no column, and then worked from there. So the Tribe Called Quest was the one slam dunk for me. Hell yeah. Um, So important in the evolution of hip hop. So that was a no brainer for me. And you all will be happy to know, uh, Dionne Warwick, also a slam dunk for me. I almost did it last year. And did you, have not. To, you have to write the wrong. You have to, have to fix your karma wrong. here. Welcome home. Um, <laughs> thank you. So those two very quickly, no question. I think perfect. Belong. Great choices. Absolute great choices. Love it. Love it. No too. argument here, even a little bit. Two cases we've been making throughout the past couple of weeks and so happy to not have to make them today. Just glad, <laughs> glad to already move past it. Uh, Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, Devo, Eurythmics, Jews Priest, Fela Kuti, and Lionel Richie. That's that was the list I kind of started to really do all okay. my listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Judas Priest and Pat have fallen away. What? Wow. Lauren, the remainder of your possibilities, I would say aside from Lionel Richie, there's a lot of lost causes in the mix. The likelihood of a Kate Bush or a Fela Kuti getting in through the popular vote is not looking very good. Whereas artists like the two, I would say that we have (laughs) spent the most time talking about in the past week or so, as we've been talking to voters are without a doubt, Pat Benatar and also Judas Priest has become a a little like sub cause for us as well, just because- They seem very possible. Joe and I are not metal people, but we are both like, you know what? Judas Priest should be in. With regard as well to women in the hall, when you think about representation and you think about what the hall at its core, when you think of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you think of people kicking ass and playing guitar. And Pat Benatar kicks ass and plays guitar. And she's uh, one of the few breakthrough women in the 80s who did that and had a long enough career to really make an impact and still be played on the radio today and still have name recognition today and have very likely inspired many other young women to pick up guitars. So I would love to see her up on stage because she's still playing music with a guitar on I just think seeing women play guitar on stage is important. It's compelling. It is inspirational and it it helps. It's like a corrective in my opinion. Speaking of corrective, she does not play guitar. She does, but it's, she It's her husband who plays guitar. Fuck me. Well, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Put it up, no, just put it up there then. But let's, it's so impassioned. Though, I know really I was crushing say, it. I know. No, keep it. I hate to do that. Uh but here I, I will put it, it maybe like a little Feels like she does. I just feel sure. like she rocks, I guess. No, well, she definitely it. rocks. But if I if if I can put it maybe a little more bluntly, um if you would like to see a woman be inducted in this class, you would want to get behind Pat Benatar. That is the really disturbing thing yeah, to right. me about this ballot. And I've talked to you all before about, I think there should be smaller ballots. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could slice this ballot in a very bad way. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could end up with a all white, mostly or all male class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you on Judas Priest. They should have been in years ago and people don't actually talk about it enough, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame needs a lot more metal in. Very interestingly, in a kind of, I don't know, rock critic elitism or whatever the impulse is, it never really got there. I mean, you mm-hmm. all know the stories that it took Black Sabbath forever and all that. Mm-hmm. So they're worthy. They are. And another thing, but when we're talking about representation and diversity, Rob Halford is maybe the only queer artist on this ballot. I think that might be the case. He's certainly the most visible Absolutely. Uh, and it's been, you know, out for a long time and they're a great band. Pat, so I noticed in rereading my ballot this weekend that Neil Giraldo is also, he's in the text mm-hmm. as also going to go in with her. Right. In a way that's odd to me. Yep. It's as though he's a member of the band, Pat Benatar. Yeah. Unprecedented. Uh, unprecedented and kind of undercuts some things to me, you know, and when I think about the sort of arena rock populist turn that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has taken in the last, you know, decade, when you have big bands like Journey and Def Leppard and stuff like that, like bon Pat Benatar for absence, 
looks right are you going to exclude basically the only yeah the only woman (laughs) who really has a shot from that subgenre like are we going to do all we're going to do all the guys and then just uh decide we're done with that when it comes time for the woman so you're not wrong the neil thing is odd though the way we have been describing it is don't let perfect be the enemy of good (laughs) when it comes to that (laughs) like would i rather have her in without him sure but get her in i mean i guess you're saying that Fela Kuti is totally worthy, but not a chance. It's just, you know, as I think more and more about how important Afrobeat is in contemporary music as an influence, it's very hard to deny him. Yeah. I mean, we've talked to a number of people who have voted for him uh, more than we were expecting. My argument is always just that, you know, he's not around anymore in in the very practical sense. I'd like to see the artists that are around to appreciate it and Mm -hmm. participate if it comes down to that where you know it's like how do i choose but yeah i know but then we wouldn't have gotten in like a lot of people nina simone and yeah a lot of people your rhythmics are looking real good for me and i was very influenced by your episode on them um it really was an awesome walk through the catalog i mean so inventive annie so powerful that music still sounds really fresh and exciting Mm -hmm. and creative they were unique for their moment and the fact that they were that inventive and also super popular so your your rhythmics are coming forward so you're telling me i should give up on failure coochie because it's a lost cause we have seen many people vote for him this year and i would say i feel better about him this year than i did last year which is odd given that he had the kind of shine of being newly on the ballot last year and also the support of the country of Nigeria voting for him on the online fan vote, there seemed to be some sort of a swell. I don't know if it's fully a lost cause, but I just think there are other artists that are would be more on the bubble. You know, when you said you're thinking about the Eurythmics, I do think they're kind of on the bubble. You know, they've been on the ballot before, and so we know they've not gotten in before, but I, I could see, you know, with a little bit of a push. And there's, honestly, that's a, a woman who we could get in with a little push. I know I said that about, mm-hmm. about Pat, but I think with the Eurythmics as well, but, you know, it sounds like the Eurythmics are making your heart sing. And we, we like could, that. We can yeah. get behind well, that. The Eurythmics were one of those picks where, you know, I always try to listen again. Mm-hmm. God um, bless you like, for that, by the way. Like yes. I spent a lot of time with the Pat Benatar catalog in the last couple of weeks. And I got through whole albums and not just the hits. Singles, especially yeah. Especially the, the first couple of albums, right? And the, the Eurythmics stuff really holds up. And that could be great live too for them. They've been eligible for a long time, but I think you're also getting them before they're too old to do it. But it's really tough for me because I'm frustrated at how white this overall ballot is. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just no need when you have this many artists. I'm worried about that for the institution, I guess, if if I care about the institution, which I also grapple with, right? Like how much cultural force will it have so you know i think lionel richie's great i think the commodores get mentioned if he goes in and those are some incredible pop r&b albums of the 80s and stuff that's you know really lasted we also think that lionel has a really good shot yeah in my opinion hold off on lionel why is that joe protest vote because the commodores and also like i think he'll probably, probably get it anyway. gonna be fine yeah so like one he doesn't need it and then two if you don't give it to him and he doesn't get it, then it can be like, oh, well, maybe they'll try the Commodores next year. So it's kind of a win in both ways. When I got off the train today, I think it was going to be Fela, Lionel Richie, and then I was between the Eurythmics and Kate Bush. 
of that list. Mm -hmm. You all have put a sea of doubt in my mind about the the effectiveness of the Fela vote. Although, you know, you know, we're not, I don't want to take that away. I'm not going to take a Fela vote, especially from someone <laughs> yeah, who you don't like want that rep. Well, no. and so, and also from someone who knows, likes, appreciates, and understands his catalog and feels that it's like an advocacy vote, I do not think it's bad to vote for Fela Kuti. Do I think it is going to be effective? I don't know. TBD, who knows? Like the world is strange and this hall makes no sense. Also, I never want to talk anyone out of voting for a band or an artist that means something to them or that they feel passionate about. So it's like when we hear you talk about your rhythmics and it kind of lights you up, I'm like, I would never try to talk you out of voting for them. Same with Phila. Even Lionel mm-hmm. Richie. I'm like, those three final as your three final to fill that out, that's that works. still that a works. very good ballot. In my opinion, it's a lot of people of color. It's a lot of women and it's uh, full of artists that you like and respect. I appreciate this affirmation, but I, you know, I have Pat Benatar guilt, right? So as you should. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I was at the Rock Hall, we did this annual thing called American Music Masters, and we'd honor one of the inductees with a whole week of programming and a tribute concert. And we were doing it um, to honor Janis Joplin in 2009, and we'd bring in guest artists to come in, blah, blah, blah. So we wanted Pat Benatar to be on that bill. And like the first question we got from management was, why is she not inducted? And that was a long time ago. That mm-hmm. was a long time mm-hmm. ago. There's not a good answer. No, there's why not. Why she isn't inducted. There really so isn't. You have sent me back to school. Based on what we've said and what you've said, if I had to guide the rest of this ballot for you, I would say, <laughs> go ahead and go, go fella. The instinct there you should follow. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily a lost cause. I would not bet on his induction, but I think even if it's just internally, if fella does well on the ballot, it helps his chances on getting on another ballot. I also, it seems as though the Eurythmics is speaking to you. And that's another thing I would say. I would say follow that. So then there's one more slot and it's Judas Priest or Pat Benatar. Is that what you're going to say, Joe? You're guiding me very gently. Like you guys are sort of therapist level. <laughs> work through the ballot yeah and i would then say go for pat it's a go for pat it's a go for pat i mean you don't have to lock down all of them but do you think you're going eurythmics and, and fella yes okay i will commit to the eurythmics and fella and then if you'd like we can leave it up to you to decide <laughs> where that final vote goes be it pat benatar judas priest lionel richie kate bush maybe even kate bush in what universe And under what conditions is anybody making a choice with those people in the same sentence? I know. Like never at the record store, never Mm -hmm. at the record store did I stand there and say, hmm, (laughs) should I buy the Fela Kuti album or the Pat Benatar album or the Priest album or the Lionel Richie album? Never, never, ever did I do that. And now you can. <laughs> well, and that's like, Finally you know, and honestly, dream. Joe would say that's the beauty of the Rock Hall. To see it's all those artists perform at a concert all these together, artists together only happens at the Rock Hall. Only at the Rock Hall, baby. <laughs> well, Eurythmics, Fela Kuti, Tribe Called Quest, Dion Warwick, and Question Mark will be Lauren Anki's ballot for 2022. Lauren, thank you so much again. We'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Yes, thank you. What a treat. Always love seeing you. Great to see you. you. Thank you. Good seeing you as well. Okay, Kristen, time to call up another voter. 
Here's someone who we talked to for the first time last year. Another former nominating committee member, and he's here with us right now, Arthur Levy. Hey, Arthur. Hey, Joe. Hey, Kristen. Hello. 26 years on the nominating committee. Wow. You put until, in your time. Until the great purge of 2015, <laughs> which you've heard so much about. Lost a lot of great men. 17 men and women. We've talked to many of them. It's true. This is where they come to, to lay their burden down. <laughs> <laughs> so Arthur, you have not filled out your ballot yet, correct? No, I haven't. To be honest, I knew for a month that I was going to be doing this with you. So I totally knew that I wasn't going to fill it out before then. And then I started hearing people like Roy Traken and Greg Geller and Bob Merlis had actually filled it out while they were talking to you and actually changed votings while while they talked to you. So I said, oh, that might be fun. Although I'm pretty. It is for us. I have a pretty good idea. You seem like you're set, but, you know, so did they. So let's start with was there any name or names on this ballot that you knew you are definitely voting for them, full stop. I'll say Judas Priest. Excellent. Love that. I worked with Judas Priest at Columbia Records. I was at Columbia Records for 20 years, and uh, I worked from them from the late 70s until the early 90s, mid-90s. So Judas Priest meant a lot to me. Well, Judas Priest is, we think, a great choice, especially given that the hall really does not have much representation of heavy metal. And if you want to start doing that, starting with Judas Priest is a great artist to to do that. Well, you're right about that. And the, the other thing, which we'll probably start to get to you guys, is uh, those first three words, rock and roll. And mm-hmm. I, I know we have Eminem on the ballot. I know we have a tribe called Quest. I know we have Lionel Richie. Uh, you know, I found myself looking at this ballot and saying, gee, there's a confluence of rock and roll bands on this ballot that I have heartfelt feelings for in my heart. Do I love the music of Fella? Of course. Do I do I appreciate Quest? Of <laughs> course. But are they in my heart in the way that the MC5 are, in the way that the Dolls are? I, Did I, I know that those were going to be the other two in your top three? Yes. Well, um, <laughs> you are what you are. I am what I am, as Popeye said. Exactly. I am what I am. Well, and you know, we come to this knowing that. Do we think that those two bands in particular this year have a good shot? Probably not. But if they occupy a special place in your heart and that's what makes your heart sing, I don't know. This year, I'm like much more amenable to people just doing what they like because there's nobody in up front that's going to just fuck it all up. Kristen, I'm so glad that you're <laughs> saying this. I really am. I'm so glad that you're voicing that because sometimes I feel like people, especially us voters, if I may say, us voters who have connection or who have history with the hall are, you know, accused of being Northeast Coast elitists in some way or another. I mean, you are, but just own it. You know, I'm not, though. So I've, never, know. I've never been that. I had a right. whole life in the South as the editor of a rock magazine based in Miami before I ever got to New York to work for Atlantic Records and Columbia Records. I was a rock writer in the South, along with a lot of other guys that came up in the South. Also, far be it for me to say that the East Coast is the only place you can be elitist, but it's like a meaningful to you nostalgia pick if I may be so bold. (laughs) 
Well, nostalgia, if you say nostalgia in the sense of what resonates with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's important. That's what you got to follow. That's And if you don't, then you know, it can be you're lost. So MC, you're, you're saying MC5 and New York Dolls likely to get I, your I, vote. I have baggage with MC5. I went to, you know that I have a connection to John Landau. We went to college together. We went to Brandeis together. I don't I, think we knew that, actually. No. I don't we think went, I did. I mean, John, John gave me guitar lessons when I was a sophomore and he was a junior. Wow. Well, there you go. But I was there, you know, when John got sent to Detroit as kind of like a college A&R scout to listen to this band called the MC5 and tell Electra, I guess it was Danny Fields, you know, what he what he thought of the band. And then he wound up producing their their second album, mm-hmm. uh, of course, the, the, the great album back in the USA for Atlantic. And then, of course, I have baggage with the New York Dolls, because if you lived in New York in a certain time period, the Dolls were inescapable. You know, I was one of those people who saw the Dolls at the Mercer Arts Center. A lot of, of course. people talk about that show that, <laughs> that took place a week before they condemned the Mercer Arts Center mm-hmm. forever. I mean, I, my favorite story is, is standing there in front of the stage, you know, rocking away with my Diet Coke in my hand, my Diet Coke with Rose's Lime Juice, and the asbestos from the ceiling, the dust is settling on the top of my coke oh, as gross. they were playing. I mean, God. that's an unforgettable experience. So, so yeah, the, the dolls resonated with me. The MC5 resonated with me. Judas Priest resonated. And to be clear, when you say when you say baggage, you don't baggage, mean in, the, in yeah. the pejorative sense. You mean you have a history with them. Yeah. As John Landau would say, one of his favorite quotes, and I mean that in the ameliorative rather than the pejorative sense. Yeah. Okay. That's what that's what I thought. Okay. So Judas Priest, MC5, New York Dolls. Now, who else? Uh, who else are you looking at on this ballot here? I'm looking hard at Devo. Because okay. they're another rock band, and they maybe they fall into the elitist package. But well, sure, rock. I mean they're an art collective, so yeah. how is that not a little bit? No, I'm just glad that they're also white men. I for me, I think that <laughs> I'm just glad that we've now got a full ballot. So thus far, well, the we're thinking about Devo. I don't know that we committed. No. But. But, but again, I wasn't thinking of that. I wasn't thinking. Oh, no one is accusing be, you of, of attempting. The thing about it is not thinking. Okay, please go ahead. It's, it is not thinking. It's it's right. going by just gut, by instinct. Right, which is how you end up with a hall full of white men. I think the point being made is that obviously no one is thinking of that. But then if you don't take a step back to go, oh wait, is maybe my I, maybe I should entirely. be thinking about that. Maybe yeah. if I was to address that subject, I would have to look at the female nominees mm-hmm. that this year's nominating committee. This is what they came up with: Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, great artist, Carly Simon, Dion. Let's not have the Dion. Are we going to have? Let's not have the Dion and Lionel Richie conversation because then we get into this whole other. Are they too soft? For I you? feel like you have a very specific idea of what rock and roll is. I know, and I've been criticized for that. I've been I've been widely criticized for that. I, you know, I was the one on the committee who balloted for seven years for Gene Vincent to get in, and and Wanda Jackson also. Me personally, single-handedly, nudged them to death about Wanda Jackson. We all like to point to things that we individually nominated and put on the ballot that got in. Dusty Springfield was someone that I 
put on the ballot and she got in. Very interesting to have, to not want to have the Dion conversation and then to single-handedly uh, take some credit for Dusty. Another backreactive interpreter, mm. you know, and that's what we, we think about Dusty when we talk about Dion, you know, because Dion was the premier Bacharach David interpreter. And we think about, you know, Dusty was also up there, but, you know, oh, she was Dionne Warwick a rock and roll singer, or was she a pop singer in the vein of, say, Sarah Vaughan or Ella Fitzgerald or Billie Holiday? Was she in that school or was she a rock and roll singer? You know, I feel like Dion's got some R&B in her bones and many of her records reflect that, both from the Bacharach David era and beyond. But when you get to that point where you're having to do these stretches in order to do that then i'm i'm out of the room i'm i'm walking away from the table but i, I sometimes i think stretching is a worthwhile pursuit because it, it puts your own instincts in check you know and then it makes you be maybe a little bit more considerate and thinking about you know okay well does this have to be as rigid as my impulse might be and that's i think the, the value of thinking, you know, I think of it more as thinking than, than stretching. Let's talk about the big I word, influence. Mm -hmm. Now, can we point to rock bands that are influenced we by We can Dionne point Warwick? to people in the hall who have, are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, most notably Whitney Houston. You can walk a direct line from her. A DNA line. <laughs> yeah. I bet Dusty Springfield was influenced by Dionne Warwick. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, given the expansive view of the hall, that it, there don't have to be bands, per se, that were inspired by the artist to have but, an, but, a but significant that's influence. My right. That's my quirky mm -hmm. thing. And, and whenever I was sitting around that table, that was always my criteria. That, that was always part of my spiel was influence. I guess I'm just wondering what you could say about Dusty Springfield that is so different than what can, you can say about Dionne Warwick. Dusty was in her heart a rock and roll singer, son of a preacher man, the whole Jackson Highway album, Dusty Live in Memphis. Yeah, and I guess what we're thinking is, you know, there are songs like Wishing and Hoping that were originally Dion songs before you know, they got to, they got to Dusty. So we feel That's, like in that path and that lineage that she's an important part of it, but you seem pretty convinced. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just, she's imprinted on my heart. Dion is imprinted in my heart also, but not really? as a rock and roll singer. Okay. So I ha I, I, can I make that jump into Dion Warwick? That doesn't mean that I don't adore Dion Warwick. And I wrote, incredible things about her when I worked for Arista Records and I worked on that first definitive collection that we put out. I'm down with the work. And I make the jump to give her one of my five votes. It's tough. As a fan, regardless of if you think spiritually she embodies what the hall should stand for on just like a personal level, giving, you know, Dean Warwick, who's 81 years old, this distinction and this and get, letting her have an evening where she gets to appreciate an honor of lifetime achievement. Well, I got to tell you, you two, you two guys are really making an impression on me. 
Okay, good. You know who resonates with me? Who's that? Carly Simon. Oh, I like that as a choice. I would love to vote for her. I feel like it would be a thrown away vote. In what way? Because I think she's a thousand years away from being inducted, even though she's a hell of a rock and roll singer. I wrote liner notes for Carly Simon. I would love to vote for Carly Simon. We would support that. Absolutely. Interesting. Long overdue. And the fact that you... You want to. And if it feels good, I would like that even more. All right. So we have two empty slots on your ballot, as I see it. Because Judas, Mm -hmm. MC5, New York Dolls. And Devo. You're definitely going Devo? I'm pretty, I'm pretty. uh, All right. We'll we'll mark it down. All right. So it's all coming down to this last vote. Well, I, I, I guess that last vote if you've hypnotized me well enough is either going to be for Dionne Warwick or for Carly Simon do you um think that Carly would ever be on the ballot again this is her first time I think she would this is her first time I think think she'll she'll be back if she doesn't get in because she's an icon and you know we did a full episode about Carly and we talked about how there's a book that was published written by Sheila Weller incredible book and you know it's about Carol King it's about Joni Mitchell and it's about Carly Simon she like completes that trifecta Mm-hmm. And I think that makes her a missing piece for the hall. She suffered a lot. She was abused a lot. And she came back from it all. People have no idea. She had a really tough time with him. God bless yeah. her. Yeah, she's a survivor. Should be inducted. And I hope soon. Yeah, I agree. You can't so, go wrong with those two gals. I mean, you really can't. You could even bump someone else if you were feeling like it, <laughs> but well, I'm not going <laughs> to. Mean, I'm just saying you could have it all. You could have both. You I have mean, Carly to me, and Dion, yeah. I'm just saying you have options. I'm putting it out there. I, I hear you. If you feel like you want time to ruminate, we understand that. But also, we do love it when someone locks it down. We love to lock it. I mean, we've had people... They're, they're filling it out. They're showing us the completed ballot. Okay, so I should get out my pen. I think so. Yes. I think it's time. So I'm going to I'm gonna let you get the better of me. Is that I'm right? I'm going to let you get the better of me. I'm very excited about that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that Mark Mothersbaugh has more, you know, has another shot at this. And I'm going to throw a vote for Carly, and I'm going to throw the vote for Dionne Warwick. Oh! Dreams coming true. Dreams coming true. Oh Oh. my gosh. Oh my gosh. I am so happy right now. What a twist. What a turn. What a time to be alive. You're making it all worthwhile. This This is why we do what we do. This is what it's all about. I'm good. I'm good with that. I you make you, us proud. You make us oh proud. Oh my gosh, you make us proud. I'm so I, I wow. I'm feeling it uh, about Dion Warwick and Carly Simon. I'm so glad. Love that. I'm feeling that love. Perfect. We are too. <laughs> well, to review, Judas Priest, MC5, New York Dolls, Carly Simon, and Dion Warwick. That will be Arthur Levy's ballot. Well, Arthur, thank you so much for yes, joining us. This you. was really great. Uh, awesome. We it. This is always great. It's this great. Is... And you guys are great. And you, you do it. You thank really you. do it. Thank we, you. We try to make a difference. We really do. Sprinkle <laughs> that magic dust all over me. <laughs> and it works. Just like at the Mercer <laughs> Arts Center yeah. when it was sitting yeah. down into my Diet Coca-Cola. Yep. Wow. Some things, some things never change. Yes. Wonderful. All right, Arthur. Well, thank you again so much. Take care. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Talk to you soon, I'm sure. Happy trails. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Okay, Kristen, we've talked to some folks. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, more voters. We'll be right back. 
All right. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break. We hope your break was just short and good for you. Mm -hmm. We absolutely do. All right. Well, as promised, we're going to talk to more voters. This is going to be a big episode because it's going to be our last one before the announcement. So we're going to try to cram in everybody we possibly could into this final. A megasode. It's a megasode. It will absolutely be a megasode. You know, we last time we did this, we concluded our informal survey with this man. And we had thought about doing that this year, but you get him when you can get him. He's a busy man. He's you, busy you, man. Might, you might know him as the host of Slate's Hit Parade podcast, or you might know him from his appearances on this very show. Chris Melanfi, welcome back. Thank you for accommodating my very busy schedule. <laughs> He's uh, so busy. So busy. So damn busy. Yeah, you know, they're pulling you every which way. But Chris, good to talk to you. You've got your yeah, ballot. I do. You haven't touched it. Correct. When you showed it, it was still in the envelope that it came in in the mail. So I have is... ripped it open because mm-hmm. I didn't want to make you guys wait for me to rip it open. But I, I have otherwise not done anything with the ballot. Oh, so. wow. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay. You've got a blank ballot, but is there any artist that is like head and shoulders above the rest that you are thinking is definitely going to get your vote this year. I mean, among debutantes, newbies on the ballot, Mm -hmm. the one I've been waiting for, and it's funny, you know, we talk so often about artists of color, women artists primarily, and I'm voting for several women this year, but I've been waiting a long time to see Duran Duran's name on this ballot. I think this is a crossing the Rubicon moment, frankly. As I've mentioned in a previous episode, I believe, when I used to cover the Rock Hall for NPR Music, One year, I dug up an old column in Billboard magazine that he used to have by none other than little Stephen Van Zandt, Mm. in which he basically articulated that Duran Duran, I'm paraphrasing, was when music started to suck for him. Mm -hmm. Um, This was in something like 2007 that he wrote this. And he was probably on the nominating committee back then, I I have to imagine. Yeah, he would have been, yes. I took a note, mental note of that and said, this is going to be for a certain type of nominating committee member, a cold day in hell kind of moment. Yep. And now the day is finally here. So while I normally take it as my mission not to nominate combos of cis straight white men, I am absolutely marking my ballot for Duran Duran. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been waiting way too long for this. And I, I think the, the case for them is rock solid. Dicking it to little Steven in the process too. <laughs> yeah. Does it that, get any better? <laughs> incredible. Well, yeah, you know, that seems like a personal and meaningful choice for you. It Normally is. we've been telling people we think Duran Duran probably doesn't need the vote but you've been waiting for this moment. So I th- I do think you should go ahead. And yeah, we can't deny you your passion vote. You've been waiting for this day. I'm far be it from me to- Deprive you of this deprive moment. Deprive you of you've that. Been, you've been yeah. waiting. So yeah, that's okay. That's great. I like to hear that. I'm also out on a limb because at the end of, I think it was my February episode of Hit Parade, I closed with the Duran Duran song, congratulated them for being on the ballot and told people they deserve to be there. So like uh-huh. I, I've stuck uh-huh. my, my neck out on this one. I have got to vote for Duran Duran. Yeah. Great. Well, also talking about, you know, artists that you want to make sure you give your vote for because mm-hmm. they might not necessarily be a waltz to use the parlance that I came up with last time you were here. Right. We've got an artist that seemed like a shoe in last time she was on the ballot. I believe you might have even told us that you didn't vote for her for that very reason, but you get a chance here to write your 
past wrongs. I do indeed. And I think you're talking about Pat Benatar. Sure am. And she is absolutely getting a vote for me this time. Love um, to hear it. Yeah, no, I'm not making that mistake again. I really thought, and this is old logic now, that the fan ballot was some kind of proxy for the meat and potatoes voter. And that year, if I remember correctly, she was like second in the fan ballot. Yes. And she as was I was making there. those tough choices, I was like, you know, mm-hmm. she'll get in. Mm-hmm. I was assuring friends who said, you're voting for Pat Benatar, right? And I'm like, I don't think she needs my vote. Oh, how wrong I was. And I'm not making that mistake again. In, in your defense, at the time, we thought she was a shoo-in as well, you yeah. know? So yeah. across the board, everyone did think that. So now we know you put your weight behind her and we will we'll try to try to make this easy this time. Try to make sure this year isn't another heartbreaker. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, hell is for children, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then also, I mean, knowing you and knowing that on your own show, Hit Parade, you had a recent series of episodes about the pop diva, so to speak. Mm. And we, we've got one of those on the ballot this and year. And also the yeah. aforementioned women of color uh, voting that you're attempting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, yes. to do. I, had a, I, have a, I have a good feeling about you, Chris. I've been listening to the voters you've been talking to so far, and I'm delighted to hear the near sweep, it seems, that Ms. Dionne Warwick is taking on yes. the ballots. Mm-hmm. And chalk another vote up for her for me. I voted for her last time. I'm voting for her again. Perfect. Notwithstanding her own blase attitude about the hall and whether or not she belongs there, right. I absolutely think she belongs there. When the names of the nominees came out this year, I wasn't so sure that Dion, I didn't think it was looking good. But yeah. from the people we've talked to, she really is kind of running away with it. And it makes me hopeful. I, I have I have too, my doubts, obviously, because of last year. not getting but. in last year, it's like kind of lit a fire under people. They're like, oh, I thought she would get in. And so I didn't think about her too much. But when we talk about pop divas, the lane was kind of crowded last year with Tina and with and with Shaka. Now this year, she's got an open lane, fingers crossed, but- It's it, the same crossed. for Pat. It's like Pat has a much more open lane this year and so mm-hmm. does Dion. Let's talk about your fourth vote here. And I know the listeners, if they've been following along, this is you know the third voter calling episode. They know where we're going here which is A Tribe Called Quest. And yes, that is definitely my fourth vote. I see you in your Wu-Tang cat shirt, and I'm like, if this man <laughs> is not voting for A Tribe Called Quest, I'll eat my microphone. I have been waiting for Tribe to get on this ballot for low these many years. I mean, I guess they've been eligible, what, about six, a less than a decade? Yeah. Like People's Instinctive Travels was 90, 90, I think. And so we're looking at 96 now. So yeah, this would be six years, seventh year of eligibility. Right. I mean, I guess there are more egregious oversights than Tribe not appearing until this year, but Tribe are just about my favorite hip hop act of all time. You know, they richly deserve it. Chris, I'm really excited about your ballot so far. Good ballot. <laughs> Very good, good ballot. ballot. And if I had to guess mm-hmm. where yeah. that fifth vote is going... I'll be interested to see if you lobby me against this, but go ahead. The fact that you think it's futile makes me think you're maybe looking at Kate Bush. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, this is another one where I just sort of made a vow to myself that anytime she's on the ballot, I'm voting for her. And Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. know that she's probably falling in the bottom third every time, but God, there are whole wings of pop over the last 30, 40 years that owe a debt to that woman. I mean, the list of artists whom she has influenced, male and female, by the way, is long. 
including one half of Dowcast, including Maxwell, mm-hmm. you know, turned this woman's work into an R&B song, which it always kind of was, including the obvious candidates for Tori Amos's Your Fiona Apples. It's a long list. And I'm a huge fan. Unless you tell me this is like the lostest of lost causes, pretty much the minute this ballot came out, <laughs> I kind of looked at it. There are years where I look at that ballot and I'm like, oh, this is going to be tough. This year, I kind of looked at it and I went, Duran, Benatar, Tribe, Dion, and Kate. I'm done. Yeah. And I've, I've looked at the other, do I want Carly to get in? Yes. Do I want Devo to get in? Yes, badly. Do I think this case for the Eurythmics is pretty solid? Yes. I have a harder time calling the influence on them, but the quality of the material is absolutely worthy. Does Felicuti deserve to be in? Yes, but as we've discussed before, I'm convinced that that's one of those lost causes where they just need to put him in under musical excellence and be done with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same with New York Dolls, same with MC5, either we musical feel very excellence similarly, or, early, yes. or early influence. It's kind of like, is the case strong for those acts? Yes, but like we've tried this so many times. It's it, it's, it's in happening. a post-Kraftwerk world. These yeah, acts can we can understand now what to mm-hmm. do with that type of artist, and it's not right the ballot exactly. Yeah, um, you know what? I just feel like also you have a solid enough ballot for the rest of it. You are owed a Kate Bush vote, and I know that you want to do it. I kind of do. I can't stop you. You guys are rightfully advocating for Dion, right? And that vote was a slam dunk for me from the jump. We're advocating for Tribe, that was a no brainer for me. There's not an alternate fifth vote that is so compelling to me that I feel so passionately about, whether it's Priest or Carly, mm-hmm. that I want to give up my passion vote, the one for me, if you will. Yeah, right. Yeah, on get this, up there, do ballot. it. Vote for Kate right. Bush. I love a vote for Kate Bush. Well, I mean, Chris, you've got a ballot that is Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Dion Warwick, A Tribe Called Quest, and Kate Bush. That's a good ballot. That's a stellar ballot. I would love to see that ballot get in. Um, but thank you for joining us again, letting us know why you choose the way you do and adding your ballot to the tally. Here, here. Thank we you, sir. Appreciate yes. it. And uh, I, I'm sure we will we will talk to you soon. Can't wait. Always a treat. You know you can come up with an episode idea. And you're always <laughs> welcome to come on and just talk about that. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll start yes. cogitating. Thanks, guys. Wonderful. Right. Thanks. Good thank to see you, Chris. Chris. Okay, Kristen, it's time to call somebody else up. We've got another new person, someone we have never spoken to before, and I'm excited to get her on here. She's a writer. She's a Sirius XM radio host, and she has some connections to the Rock Hall that I think are very interesting, but let's get her in here. Lori Majewski. Hey, Lori. Hey, how are you guys today? We're good. Thank you so much for joining us. So I teased your connection to the Rock Mm -hmm. Hall. For people who follow the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they will be familiar with your voice because the big reveal every year for the nominees and I believe the inductees is done on Sirius with you. Yeah, for the last six years on my morning show, which is called Feedback, I co-host it with Nick Carter, not from the Backstreet Boys. Uh Um, And the two of us have been doing this for six years. Basically, our channel volume is a talk channel about music. And it was Mm -hmm. launched, let's see, probably a couple of weeks before (laughs) the presidential election back in 2016. And it was also launched one day before we revealed the class of 20, well, not the class, the The nominees nominees for the class for 2017. Right. And I'm somebody who I crashed the very first um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction back in the mid 80s. At the Waldorf? At the Waldorf. Wow. 
Um, I crashed several over the years until I eventually was invited of my own accord. Uh-huh. Then all these years later, now to actively be involved as a voter and as someone who first reveals the nominees and then the actual class members, the inducted right. class members mm-hmm. and the special certificates. That's a big deal to me as a, as a music fan and especially as we are coming into the music that I personally love. Sure. Exactly. Well, you wrote a book. I mean, what was the, what's the title of the book is? Uh... Mad World? Yes. Mad World. Mad yeah. World is an oral history of the artists and songs that inspired the 1980s, the new wave artists and songs. So mm-hmm. post-punk, new wave, synth pop. So it's basically telling the story of, I'd say right after punk 1977, and we say that the day that the, that music moved on is Live Aid, which is 1985. Sure. Got it. Well, let's talk about let's talk about your ballot. I'm curious, did you when did you start receiving the ballot? Was it after the connection was established between your show and Sirius and the Rock Hall? Yeah. So probably this is my fourth, I think, year. Okay. Fourth or fifth year voting. Probably fifth, actually. But I was not a, an actual voter until yeah, until we we established that connection. And I think that was also because the Rock Hall was trying to change its complexion, the voting, Mm -hmm. Um, more women, Mm -hmm. um, more voters who were quote unquote younger, uh, under 50. (laughs) Yeah, relatively, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So have you filled out your ballot yet? Yes, we're coming up to the deadline. We sure are, but you know, we're talking to people who are still filling it out though. We just had a live vote like just a few minutes ago. We watched someone fill it in live, Mm -hmm. yes. I did sit on it for a little while because- Mm -hmm. I was so excited about this year's nominees that I kind of had to stare at it for a while and I Uh couldn't get the fact that I was actually after decades and decades of loving Duran Duran getting to see their names on the ballot. I kind of had to stare at it before I could clip it out and actually Uh Uh send it out into the world. Yeah. I mean, you've made it no secret. You are a full on Duran Duran stand to use the the parlance of the youth of Eminem who's nominated of Eminem right, who's exactly. nominated exactly, exactly yeah <laughs> Fitting, fittingly enough i call myself a duranny that predates stance a duranny i like so obviously that was head and shoulders above everybody else duran duran of course got your vote you've been waiting for this moment i have been waiting bitching about the fact that they haven't <laughs> been on the ballot i have been preaching i have con- been converting which is a really nice feeling that's the real work we can feel that you know that's part of our job as well (laughs) i I mean word yes that's exactly it i was actually at the foo fighters after party at the rock and roll hall of fame um in cleveland this year and i went up to each member of the foo fighters and i said now you have a vote (laughs) please promise me that you will vote for duran duran if they are nominated next year and when they are eventually nominated and all of them said of course there you go. I know that I have the Go-Go's votes. I, I talked to Belinda Carlisle about it. She said that not only did, was she voting for Duran Duran with her personal ballot, but that she votes in the fan vote every single day for them. <laughs> oh, <Gosh>. wow. <laughs> oh, poor Belinda. 
Belinda. Poor Belinda. Belinda? Well, just because the fan Yay, vote Belinda. is so. Thank you. It's great, but the fan vote is so meaningless. meaningless. Well, <laughs> it's, like she has an is? actual ballot. It's worth a thousand times. Well, a million times if we a hit million a million times, yeah. this year, which Duran fans are trying to get as close to that number as possible. See, people tell me that all the time. Oh, it's meaningless. It's only the equal of one vote. But it's about the look. Okay. And, you know, it's not the same as when Dave Matthews was voted. <laughs> I was going to say, and maybe talk to those guys. Because, you know, they were a first time nominee and so is Duran, but they have only been around half the time that Duran's been around. Sure, so sure, sure. for the world to see <laughs> that they are getting, you got to stop laughing or I'm going to leave. <laughs> this is serious business. I Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Not only do I want the fan vote, I want a million votes. And my dream would be to claim the number one spot over Bon Jovi. I don't know if we're going to do that. I say good luck to you guys. I understand the passion is there and that's exciting and very cool. But it's on some level, I'm like, you guys can relax. Like they've got the spot, but I know oh, it's, she's it's shaking something her head. else. She's, it's, she's, so, no, it's something no else. It's you about need the hitting guarantee. A, you got to hit the million. You want to make it so that it's undeniable. Everybody knows it. Look at the fan vote. Look at them Historic getting in. Numbers, Historic yeah. okay. numbers. I wanted to put it in the faces of the crusty people <laughs> who did not recognize the importance of yes. this band. So Duran Duran, it doesn't even need to be stated. Of course you voted for them. I could go on. I'm sure you've had lots of people on here saying why they deserve to be in. And the big thing Alan Light always says, who is on the nominating committee, is he says, did this artist come onto the music scene and things were different after they left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First of all, Duran hasn't gone anywhere. They're still here 40 years later, 44 years later, actually, if we go back to 1978. Mm-hmm. But who's counting? The original lineup, <laughs> I am. But... I do think that music has been changed by them. And I think, and this will lead into the rest of my nominees, Janet Jackson said to induct more women. Mm -hmm. I think we also have to induct more bands, artists that were the favorites of women. And I really believe that we have to stop denigrating the choices that young women have. I want to say that young women get into music earlier. We buy more product. We buy more posters. We buy more records earlier, earlier. I'm not saying overall, although maybe, <laughs> although maybe. Who's to say? This vote and this getting them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not just about the five original members. Well, six are actually nominated of Duran Duran. It's about young women who grew up to become me, who grew up to be Jennifer Aniston and Christina Applegate young women who grew up to be Savannah Guthrie, who's a huge Duran fan. We wanted to be in entertainment and we wanted to be entertainment journalists and we wanted to be involved in the business somehow because we love that band. And that is what it stands for. I really do think that as a society, we really do denigrate things that appeal to young women. We act like it's not real culture. We act like it's not, you know, real music. We mm-hmm. just not to be taken have, seriously. It's, it's teeny not bopper. Cool. It's, it's not teeny cool. bopper. It's blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And that's just, we do that with feminine things across the board. I think that we're seeing a turn in culture ideally. And, you know, it can't come soon enough. Okay. So Pat Benatar, was she one of your choices on the ballot? Yes. This year? Excellent. Yes. Love to hear it. I really championed the Go-Go's and it took years for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Go-Go's and Pat Benatar for me were two of the earliest MTV 
faces that I saw. And I had MTV from day one. We were one of those lucky households that had it very early. We were a test town. Oh, cool. Uh, and so we had it right away. And I just thought that she was incredible. Everyone has to understand the power of you. You, you have to see it to be it. Seeing the Go-Go's and seeing Pat Benatar from such an early age and seeing them in a powerful way, not in, a, you know, a leotard doing choreography or anything like that. Seeing them as the leaders, seeing them doing their own music. Pat Benatar, she at once scared me as much as she excited me. She could take anyone on. She was so, hit me with your best shot. Yeah. Whenever I'm lobbying for her, I talk about how important it is and was for me and for just young girls to see a woman fronting a band, being, like you say, a leader and just absolutely being powerful, respected, and just being a rock and roller. I think that if there had been more of her, I think the musical landscape now would be different. And I think she will make it this year. We feel good I, I too. I think she will. Just think of all the new votes, those go-go votes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I, and I know right a lot of new voters that are, that are women my age. So I have a good feeling. So the rest of your votes, how much do you adhere to that new wave? We've got the Eurythmics on the ballot. Were they one as well? Yes. Annie is a really important artist. I mean, Dave is a hell of a songwriter. Oh, yeah. And the two of them have had an incredible solo mm -hmm. careers. But I think together, they burst onto the scene. I like to think of Human Leagues, Don't You Want Me, Tainted Love by mm -hmm. um, Soft Cell, and... Of sweet course, dreams. sweet dreams are made of this as the triumvirate of new wave that burst onto the scene mm -hmm. and that that just like blew open the doors. Yeah. And the idea that she dressed as a man at a boardroom table, you know, that she shaved her head, that she's on the cover of Newsweek, you know, dressed as a man with Boy George, who's dressed as a woman. That was a forerunner to who we are today. Mm -hmm. They were so ahead of the times. All right. So I, I'm looking, I'm thinking about, MTV era, it seems to be what you are drawn towards. And, you know, I'm, I guess I'm making a guess here instead of asking you, but did Devo appeal to you? In this case, no. Okay. I voted for them in the past, but this year I gave that vote to Kate Bush. Very good. Love that. But Kate Bush is a David Bowie. People call her a female David Bowie. And I stand here going, that's great. But we don't call him the male Kate Bush. Um, exactly. And that, therein lies where we are right now. Mm -hmm. But the idea that she never, ever conformed to anyone. She did everything on her own. She was producing on her own way before any woman ever was. Wuthering Heights, her first number one UK single, is when she's 18, 18. years right. old. Yeah. And everything she's done since then, inspiring people like Lady Gaga and FKA Twigs. I mean, I was even doing a show about her not that long ago, and I was like, the Sundays. Like, there are so many acts oh, along the way yeah. that you hear. You mm -hmm. hear that Kate Bush vocal, which is, I mean, as eccentric as it is ethereal. It's mm -hmm. just bizarre. I like arty artists and I'd love to see her get in eventually. I feel like if T-Rex could get in, if Roxy Music could get in, we could put Kate Bush in there. I, I think she's the one 
that I voted for, but won't get in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a long shot. I live to be pleasantly surprised by the hall. I very rarely am, but it would be wonderful. All right. So what's the, uh, the final vote? Where did you, where'd you fall? Well, my final vote is for an artist that I not necessarily would have voted for, but I made a deal with David Frick of Rolling Stone. If he voted for Duran Duran, I would vote for MC5. And so my (laughs) final vote because I'm a good person like that and I keep my word, went to the MC5. I don't think they'll get in. I would love to see them as an early influencer mm-hmm. because That's there's no likely. Iggy and the Stooges that is likely. without mm-hmm. them. There's no rage without them. That's the kind of thing that I think like the Kate Bushes and the Wayne Kramers, they're there. People stood on their shoulders to get to where they are now. So I'm not embarrassed about that vote. It would have gone to Dolly, I think, if I did not make that deal. Because that, Mm -hmm. again, if he votes for them, like he said he would, that is the equivalent of the entire fan vote. So how could I not? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. We shook on it. This is what we're saying. Every person you get is like doubling the fan vote, tripling the fan vote. Right. It's just more and more. At the Eddie Vedder concert, he was sitting behind me. And, mm-hmm. he, and it was like two or three weeks after the announcement of the nominees. And he's like, yeah, I was thinking about you. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I need your vote. And he's like, you need to vote for the MC5. And there it was born. This is good. Making deals. If you want to see it happen, you got to make the change. I have to tell you, at that Foo Fighters after party, I sought them out. And, and Taylor <sighs> Hawkins, bless him, he was like, they're not in. And he had just given his speech and he said, Mm -hmm. induct Mm -hmm. George George Michael. Michael. And I thanked him for that. And he said he didn't get to say King Crimson and he was really sad that he forgot to say them. But he was completely shocked that Duran wasn't in yet. And I I really do hope this is their year. They can get up there. They can perform. Um, They deserve it. It's going to happen. You look at the name recognition and you look at the wider voting body of who is out there and Duran's chances are looking very good. You look at the the pop that they got when they inducted Roxy Music. I mean, I don't know if that was you, the one, the the woman wooing. <laughs> in oh, the yeah. I helped to write the speech. Okay, <laughs> oh, is that right? I, I I sat with John Taylor and helped him to write the speech. Amazing. But we and we they, just know the the fervor is there. First time on the ballot after a long time of eligibility that mm-hmm. usually equals success because people are like. And there's all this buildup. Like you finally get to do it, right? It's looking good. And I'm excited for you. I'm really excited for you. It's so fun when somebody's like dream band gets in, like the band they've been lobbying for that they feel has been snubbed. But I do worry that if Duran get in, is it going to be like when the Rangers finally won the Stanley Cup after 40 something years? I stopped watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, You're not invested what? anymore. You know, it's like your purpose, your life's purpose is complete. Oh. Well, I keep saying my life will then be validated, you know, Mm -hmm. like, well, all I need and I will not give up because I have I've been so close to this ceremony over the years and have, like I said, I I used to crash it. I used to sit outside it. I mean, and now you're writing speeches for it, for (laughs) your favorite band. I I mean, this helps write the Steely Dan one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, No, I, this is exactly it. I am really close to this. I want to see Duran in there. I want to see them represented. Uh, Well, I suppose we'll see. Thank you again, Lori, for sharing your ballot with us and joining us to review. You voted for Pat Benatar, 
Kate Bush, Eurythmics, MC5, and of course, at long last, Duran Duran. Don't make me vote for them again. Let's do it this year. Yes. <laughs> Let's get it done, Hall. Well, thank you, Lori. It was great talking to you. Bye. Okay, Kristen, you know the name of the game at this point. We're going to call up another person. She is a music journalist. Uh, she's also a professor at Boston College. Let's bring her in here, Maura Johnston. Hey, Maura. Hi, how's it going? Good. Uh, you know, we cool. have never talked to you before. Maybe we can do a brief bit of background. Uh, sure. How long have you had a Rock Hall ballot? It's been about 10 years now. Um, it mm -hmm. started when I was at the Village Voice. So I'm not sure if it was the first or second year that I was there, but I was definitely part of the younger cohort mm -hmm. outreach back mm -hmm. in my 30s. <laughs> so sure. yeah, so it's been about 10 years. Okay, great. Well, have you filled out your ballot yet? I have filled it out, but I have not mailed it in. Okay, great. Now, when so. you got the ballot, were there any names or was there one name in particular that above all else you knew they were going to get your vote? Kate Bush. Kate Bush. I've been voting for her for years. She's brilliant. She blazed a trail for so many singer-songwriters across the board, and she always puts out fascinating material. Her legacy is still so important. She's just such a foundational artist for, I think, so many up-and-coming singer-songwriters, and I feel like her approach to making music is really something that should be celebrated and enshrined. I think her legend grows. For whatever reason, I feel like generations find their way to Kate Bush yes, in, new, in new ways. You know, in the past 10 years alone, I've seen Kate Bush cover bands here in Boston. And then um, a friend of mine in Philadelphia throws an event called the Night of a Thousand Kates, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is the Night of a Thousand Stevies, but Kate Bush. And um, mm -hmm. especially with younger artists like Tori Amos and people who have like sort of carried on her legacy, like her name is only growing among the younger cohorts. Well, and also the popularity of music that she influenced mm -hmm. continues to grow yep. in a yeah. way that the popularity of music influenced by bands like MC5 does not in that we're really heading away from guitar centered, just traditional, what you would consider rock music. And I mm -hmm. think that that's also another reason that her popularity and her legend continues to grow while we're seeing like maybe a diminishing in bands like MC5. I mean, I think part of it is just time too, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it doesn't seem like that long of a time, but the ways in which people enshrined punk and the ways in which radio outlets that played artists like Kate Bush or like artists that were influenced by Kate Bush, you know, from college radio stations to the alternative boom of the 90s. And even now with streaming and playlists becoming so important. You know, she's a foundational text in a more unique way than maybe the MC5 are. Not no slight, no slight yeah. on the MC5. Please do not tweet at me about how I'm overlooking them. But well, I just think that, you know. You're lucky that the people who like the MC5 don't know how to use the internet. So uh, <laughs> oh. I think you're safe. <laughs> I'm going to get some angry postcards. There you go. It's like <laughs> <a> telegrams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great choice. We support that. Who else was up there for you? It was Dolly Parton. Interesting. And then she took her name off the ballot. And I want to respect her wishes to not be mm -hmm. pigeonholed as a rock and roll artist. I mean, I think it's interesting given the complaints about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's breadth that have, you know, definitely been sustained over the years with artists like Madonna being in the hall and people who are, you know, of the 
raucous persuasion. Oh no, I Mm -hmm. use that word. Being kind of horrified that rock and roll includes pop. I think that it's interesting that she owned that narrative and was like, don't vote for me. And so that left a hole in my ballot. I was like, I don't know what to do. So yeah, without Dolly, that's, I mean, that's interesting. And I think that's maybe indicative of maybe how this class will turn out because we believe Dolly was a lock. Uh, Mm -hmm. But with this statement, now it puts that into question. The way it puts your own ballot into disarray to put it bluntly or to put it more positively gives potentially more opportunity for for other artists very mm-hmm. true very true opens the field so okay now now where are we looking after if, if dolly's not gonna if we respect dolly which we always should um where, where do we look next so my next pick was lionel richie Interesting. Because I feel like he was such an influential artist on so many levels as far as blending modern country and modern R&B in the 70s and 80s. And then obviously, you don't really think about it because everybody talks about like Madonna and Michael Jackson and, you know, George Michael and Wham to a lesser extent. But like Lionel Richie was really inescapable during that middle of the Mm -hmm. 80s with the all the songs from Can't Slow Down and then Dancing on the Ceiling and um, Say You Say Me, which I think is a brilliant song it's my favorite of his but with the commodores too he really shaped what pop music sounded like i listen to a lot of the classic american top 40 stations that's sort of my getting ready for the day you know sort mm-hmm. of don't want to do anything that i have to like think about critically and of course i do because i'm like oh this da, da, da. but um <laughs> it really is astonishing listening to those countdowns and realizing like who was so dominant a force during that period you know the the countdowns usually i think they run from like 72 to 88 and lionel richie is just always there and the songs he wrote were really great and i think that um he's definitely tried to burnish his legacy with records like tuskegee which was the record that he did the Mm -hmm. collaborations of country songs on and i just i think that to have a complete picture of popular music in the last 50 years you definitely should have him present you saying like he was inescapable in the mid 80s which i think to some voters is a knock is against a him <laughs> yeah you right. know and you're like he was everywhere and that's why he belongs and i think that's a like an interesting counterpoint well it's a hall of fame right? exactly mm-hmm. yeah. it sure is yeah that fame part you have yeah. to consider it well it's also interesting because kate bush is your number one and then lionel richie number two as far as fame in the u.s uh mm-hmm. you really can't get far apart you can on this ballot you can get farther apart but you're you're at two ends of the spectrum on that one as far as ubiquity yeah Mm -hmm. that's very true i like to keep it fresh yeah (laughs) exciting you can't be pigeonholed you're like dolly (laughs) true true Uh, you are our first lionel vote oh wow all the people that we've talked to which is not to say that we have a very skewed sample yeah Uh, we think he's likely to get in looking good to get yeah. in. Okay, so Kate Bush, Lionel Richie. The fact that those two are on there, I don't know where else you could yeah, potentially Yeah, I'm like, what's going fall. on? But uh, yeah, what, what's uh, what's next? So my next pick is Judas Priest. Very good. We love um, Because I think that they were such pioneers, not only in music, but also in the idea of how rock has been a demonized force by the powers that be with Mm -hmm. the trial and, you know, with the 
inordinate amount of flack that they got but also they just kick so much ass like they're just mm-hmm. so good you they know really I, mean, I grew up i went from being a big mtv head and that was sort of my gateway into watching a lot of headbangers ball when i was yes. a, a sure. young teen sure. and so what's his name ricky, ricky rackman. rackman ricky rackman yeah <laughs> and the, the the pre-ricky rackman adam curry years as well oh yeah with his hair yeah and i think that you know judas priest they just loomed so large and they really brought this aesthetic. It was very menacing, but it was also really, really catchy. Honestly, like they should be in the Hall of Fame for just the way that Beavis and Butthead sang along with Breaking the Law alone. <laughs> You'll or get a washing the dog, washing the yeah. dog, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the mix of Rob Halford's vocal gymnastics and just the absolute shredding of the rest of his band. And I always think that metal is very underrepresented and underrated Criminally, as, a, yes. as a rule because of the complicated class politics that happen in, in, in the discussion of music and other things. So I always will try to wave my flag or write my cool S that looks like a chain yes. link on the desk of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Have you voted for them before? I don't think so. I like is that weird? No, no, I think that's, that's in line with I what ask. we're seeing. They have a much clearer path this year yeah. than they ever have. There's no other really hard acts on the ballot at all. I would say Rage Against the Machine is Rage. probably the next mm-hmm. closest, but yeah. Yes, exactly. But that's like such a different decade. And if you're doing it chronologically, you got to put in Judas Priest first, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Clearly this year you saw something in them and it's we're seeing more people be amenable to voting for Judas Priest than we have ever in the past Mm -hmm. that's really cool Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do think this ballot, it's definitely like an interesting mix. Yeah. So eclectic ballot and an eclectic mm-hmm. mix of, of choices so far. What, what do we got next? Surprises. So my last two <laughs> picks are very like mainstream pop picks, but I think that they're important artists. Are we looking like new wave 80s? No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, oh. No, my next pick is Carly Simon. Awesome. Great. Because Carly Simon, I think, is another defining songwriter and voice of a very big chunk of mainstream pop and mainstream music. And Mm -hmm. I also think that she probably should just be in the hall for You're So Vain Alone. Yep. Because the amount of mythology that that song has inspired and also the really great covers of that song, which... The best mm-hmm. one is by Faster Pussycat, I'll just say. But, you know, that alone, I think, is an achievement that's worth locking down and and putting on a plaque. Yeah, like blazed a trail in terms of making your own press cycles, like, mm-hmm. uh, like not mm-hmm. intentionally, but anytime there's ever any additional information about who that song could be about, it has its own press cycle. And, you know, songs have done that since, but I don't know that there are too many songs that did it before. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that it's so fascinating how new generations also have really picked up on that particular song and just even if they're like who is this woman but that song gets them interested in her and the mythology around it and like there's a direct line from that to like taylor swift coloring certain letters in the booklet for red Mm -hmm. you know yeah what is this about well that's a great choice uh we're we're happy to see that one slot left. Where did do you want to guess? Go? Okay. Ooh, yeah. So you mentioned pop. If it's not 80s new wave, my guess would be Dionne Warwick. 
That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yes. What a voice, what a presence, what a rock star, just straight up. And I think that her voice is so versatile and her interpretive skills are st- so there. And also her voice is so versatile and she's just so interesting. And I think that she has this like really great tone that makes the songs that she sings even more interesting. She elevates every composition that she performs. Yes. Yeah, we, right. we have spent the last two weeks just making the case for Dion over and over again. And it's nice to have someone just make it back to us. We don't even oh, have to, <laughs> to say Yeah, it. And you know, it's funny. Yeah. I like hearing that you went there without our influence. And we have influenced some people to vote for Dion. I have maybe bullied some people <laughs> into it. In this very episode. <laughs> um, but... What makes me feel good is that people like yourself who who think about this stuff uh, with with some care are finding their way to Dion without us. Because like obviously the majority of voters are, are not people that we're talking to, and I want to I want to believe. I want to believe. Yeah, that she has a good shot this year. And it's not just our skewed sample of uh, seeing the people who did it because we asked them to, which I don't think it is. I think a lot of people are this year, uh, compared to last year when she was on the ballot for the first time, are coming to Dion and really wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you don't have to twist their arm. That's good. Well, look look at this ballot. Kate Bush, Judas Priest, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, and Dion Warwick. Awesome. I'm available to DJ parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go to that party. I would second. too. Well, Maura, great ballot. And thank you so much thank for uh, joining us to reveal your picks. We really appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. Yeah, this was you. really fun. And um, I can't wait to vote next year too. So absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. I'll keep voting yes. as long as they'll keep having me. Uh, and, and we'll and keep having you on. We'll, yes, keep, bo- please, we'll keep bothering please. you for I, sure. This was very fun. Thank you right. so much. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks so again. much. Yeah, this is appreciate awesome. It. Have a great, thank have you. a great night. Thank you. Bye. It's time to call up more folks. We're calling up two people at once this time which is rare for us yeah this is Especially i don't this know year. it could turn into a party again it could, it could you happen no they were involved in, in last year's in last year's uh, unintentional uh, party phone-a-thon <laughs> if you will so let's bring them in first up we've got friend of the show she is currently on the nominating committee you might know her from hits magazine let's bring in karen glober hey karen Hello. I'm so happy to be back. What will you do this year now that, <laughs> now you can't that there's vote for no Todd right there? Todd to rally for? <laughs> I mean, I've been on the Kate Bush train for two years now, so mm-hmm. she's on the ballot. It's like I've never not had an artist on the ballot. Let's see how it goes with Kate. I'm, I'm hopeful mm-hmm. that it might be the first year where I don't have someone inducted. But it went right. so well last year with Todd, so. <laughs> famously, quite famously. And then, of course, joining us, the same person who was with us when we talked to Karen last year, they are old friends, a veteran of Minneapolis radio and a pop culture fan and expert, Jim McGuinn. Hey, Jim. Hey, it's great to be back again. And yeah, I mean, Karen, without a windmill to tilt at, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be an exciting morning, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Will you write in Todd just for fun? Uh, <laughs> to see if he shows up. Maybe yeah. he'll show up this Try year. again. I did actually have my reckoning with Todd. 
after he didn't show up to the Hall of Fame. You know what he said to me? He said, you're so sensitive. Um, <laughs> when I said that, I was kind of bummed that he didn't show up. But mm -hmm. it was funny. And his wife was kind of whispering in my ear saying, he's really happy he's in. <gasps> he's never going to tell you, but he's, he's yeah. okay with it. We did have our moment. Well, I think that's sweet. I wouldn't say it was warm and fuzzy, but I did mm -hmm. express my feelings about him being in the Hall of Fame. Do you feel a sense of closure? Never. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> the Todd situation, that's that's in the rearview mirror now. It is. Uh, mm -hmm. And you mentioned now perhaps the train you're on this year and potentially years to come, we'll see, is, <laughs> is Kate Bush. Yes, and I know that you have an expert that comes on to speak about Kate Bush, and I don't consider myself an expert by any means, but I do acknowledge her influence and I do acknowledge her importance in, in the world of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So we can count on you giving Kate Bush a vote on your ballot this year. Oh, wait, I have a ballot here that is yet to be filled out. So Ooh. is this what I'm going to be? Mine is unopened so as well. Oh, unopened oh from my the gosh. envelope. Unopened envelope. Yeah. This so is... we've got fresh ballots. And then Jim, my question to you is, yeah. you know, looking at this year's slate of nominees, was there anyone, you know, they're getting your vote. It's not even a discussion. Wow. That's a really great question. And I don't know that there is mm -hmm. actually. Fair enough. Well, this will be good. We can really yeah. persuade you. <laughs> I'm kind of open going as I'm opening this, you know, and, and the nominees were announced so long ago that I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that's right. That person's nominated. I'd forgotten mm -hmm. that. So uh, so we so have a lot of ground to cover. Ooh, yes, yeah, I do. love this yeah, we and do. we're ready. We're ready for yeah. you. I, I kind of purposely like did a Hall of Fame blackout, you know, knowing that this day would come with you okay. guys so that I could be fresh and open to it. Remember mm -hmm. I pitched you on the Foo Fighters last year? I got some ones yeah. to pitch you on this year. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. All right. All right. Well, well I mean, yeah. Karen, that opens the door for you to let us know who you think deserves it and who you would like to give your ballot to this year. Yeah. I would like to give my ballot to you. Um, yeah. so that <laughs> we you would gladly take it. <laughs> Joy Division and cool, all the things that you want on there, Joe. Thank you. I mean, oh, the first, thing I, first person I'm going to vote for, and I'm going to expect Jim to do the same, is Kate Bush. I think that's a fair one. Right. You've Although made that I, clear. I will bet that the Eurythmics usurps Kate Bush this year. I think they'll likely do better. Uh, yeah. Who knows if they'll Who if knows either if either would get in. Would get in but yeah. I think we expect that Eurythmics will garner more votes. I think so, too. The rest of my choices are not going to be popular. In my mind. Oh, as opposed to Kate, the most popular choice that there is. That one might be the most mainstream. The, re the rest right. of my choices are not going to be popular. And she started with Kate Bush. Okay. I'm, Where is there to go? Actually, there is one popular vote. I'm going to take my fan hat off and the artists that influenced me. And I'm going to vote for somebody that has never influenced me that I've never been a big fan of, but I believe wholeheartedly deserves to be in the rock and roll hall of fame. And Joe, who do you think I'm going to pick? Okay. You don't like this artist necessarily, but you think they deserve to be in the hall. I want to believe that this is Pat Benatar. You are right. Good guess. We love to wow. hear that. I have a very similar. It, I like Pat Benatar. I think she rocks whether or not I return to her music when I'm not doing karaoke. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I just think she deserves it. I don't know why, but it seems like she got the short end of the critical acclaim stick. But there was a, a run for about five years and about four albums where she was hugely popular and hugely influential. And in an era when they were probably less 
mainstream successful women artists than at any point in rock history, you know, in the late seventies and early eighties. And she was making great rock and roll. And it has seemed to me for a long time that Blondie gets a lot of acclaim from that era. And Joan Jett gets a lot of acclaim from that era. And I'm like, where's Pat Benatar? She also was, I think, more involved in the in the writing of the songs and in the majority than some of the other artists were. And I don't know. I Did, did she have like a bad MTV moment that killed her career or something? Is there something that happened? It's kind that- of, in my opinion, the opposite, where she had like a good MTV moment and the critics yeah. went ill. Yeah, when she's she was too MTV, she's shimming her shoulders. <laughs> yeah, love is a battlefield she's dancing. And, yeah, yeah. Like she, this is not rock. This is pop. She, you know, she's got Michael Jackson's choreographer. I, I think that was a thing that back didn't... when a pop turn was not celebrated. Was a negative. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think that that has a lot to do with it. I mean, yeah. also at the time and going forth after that, there was never any room for a female rock star who was older than say in her thirties or even forties. It was like the way that we worship Patti Smith as sort of a statesman of punk and rock and poetry and everything else. Pat, I'm not saying she's a similar artist, but it's been much harder for women to age in that realm than it is in any realm. No, I support Pat getting in. I support support the Pat. Pat vote here. Jim, do you have any, I put two down. What do you got? Well, I mean, I, you know, this feels like a softball, but I just think I have to vote for Beck. I just think Beck is somebody who has had a career that is Are you just saying that because you're looking at the ballot for the first time and he's the <laughs> he's first the first name? name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not. I, I'm saying that because I just think early on in his career, I started thinking somebody that I really love and respect would be somebody like Neil Young. Somebody who's just been like, I'm going to make the music that I'm going to make whenever however I want and you can live with it and deal with it you know Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that really speaks to me from a career standpoint to see somebody make a body of work like that and I think Beck is in that similar place where he's jumped around in a lot of different varieties and styles and collaborators and done a lot of different things and it's always been really good and interesting and sometimes it's had a lot of success sometimes it hasn't had a lot of success yeah, I just think he's a, a breakthrough artist of the of the '90s that should be recognized. Now, if we may. Now, is this is this the you're you're going to tell me why? We, well, no, just because take we this for what it's worth, we exactly. you know we we like Beck on this show. I love yeah. Beck actually. And, I would yeah. say I like him in terms of listening to his music in terms consistently. Of people that I've listened yeah. to the yeah. most on this ballot, he's in the top five. But, but the interesting sure. thing to note is that we have talked to nobody who has voted for Beck. Really? Ooh, we got a hand. We got Karen with Guess a hand. What? That was going to be my third. Really? Okay. Ah. We could we could get Beck on the board here. Our only feeling, and again, not just because people haven't voted for him, but like, I think Beck should get in. I think he will get in. I think he's very deserving. I think he's great. I just look at the rest of the ballot and like the people that I'm like, oh, it would be an egregious oversight if this person wasn't in immediately. Beck doesn't make my top five. And it's almost like he can wait. In my opinion, our tack has been up until this point that there doesn't seem to be the like urgency to like get back in the hall uh, on his first nomination. It doesn't have to be urgency. I think also it's an acknowledgement. If you're voting 
depending on what your strategy is for voting, I think I would like to see whether or not he gets in on the first try. And I don't know. I mean, it took Todd three tries. It took the cars a bunch of tries. So I just want him to continue to be part of the conversation. It's a vote for remaining on the ballot. Maybe. Yeah, you're like, right. you want to make sure he doesn't sure. wind up in the very bottom of the vote getters. You, right. you, I mean, you want to throw some weight behind him. Yeah. Is and that I, also the Kate Bush argument too? No, Kate is, I believe, should be in 100%. It's an egregious oversight in my life. I mean, Kate needs to be in. And I think the other thing, there's a record coming out this year of Kate and Big Boy. And Mm -hmm. I think while it doesn't help this year's conversation. I wish it had come out already. I know. Believe me, I know. It's a great song. It's fantastic. She's amazing on it. And I think that'll be something that'll give her that pop culture awareness. Yeah. Well, the thing about Kate is just she's not going to make great TV this year. If she is the seventh vote getter, the likelihood that they're going to bring her up and make her the seventh inductee, because knowing that she very, very likely will not show up, up. very, very likely show up. She did. Yep. Wait, to to whom and when? Well, you know, when we're having tea, Kate leaned over and said, no, when? (laughs) Her management has expressed that to me. Interesting. Potential bombshell here. That's a potential bombshell. There we go. We don't know. Look, I don't know. Todd said he'd show up too. I... I, <laughs> yeah, so, I can we trust the, the blubber intel yeah. perhaps no my own naivete so if we talk about people that have blazed a trail and people that have had that kind of impact and on kate bush then i feel like i have to vote for devo again okay maybe it's a fool's choice but I know that Devo was one of the greatest influences on my life when I was in junior high and high school. I feel like your ballot right now is just like a vote to return to the ballot. <laughs> like right now, these are these are votes. Just people I'd like to see again. Please give me the opportunity to vote for these people again. I think I'll get. I think I'll get one right. No, no I'm no, kidding. I think, I think Pat get... Benatar hopefully will get in this year. But I I mean it like we love Devo and they're very much some we we've decided also not to try to talk people out of their passion vote for Devo although I have done it um it has happened uh, it has so hard this episode Devo, MC5 and the New York Dolls I don't think any of them are gonna get in this year but I feel like of the three which of the three have been extremely influential in my life this is my passion vote right here yeah it's gonna be Devo we love Devo and also it's easy because it's the first four names on the ballot (laughs) yeah you're just going down um, in alphabetical order, really. Make it seem yeah. like Duran Duran is my next vote, but it is but not. That's not. I could. See, yeah. I don't see that happening no. for you. There's something to be said for both influence and a bit more of a career longevity. So I think that's where I struggle with uh, both the MC5 and the New York Dolls is that they were a supernova, but they weren't a supernova that was necessarily successful. They were a supernova in their own worlds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. Then, and then those worlds have the, the, the seeds that they planted. The have, butterfly have, effect, yeah. Right. Yeah, the but- it has been massive, right? But it's just tough. I also, if, if you were to compare those three, I would also lean into Devo. And then, then I look at that and then I think about similar, sort of similar era. I start thinking about Duran Duran or Eurythmics. And again, even though the latter two probably had a bigger commercial impact in terms of hits and whatever pop success and it's tough to go against annie lennox's voice ever you know i mean Mm -hmm. she's so incredible you know and i actually have come a long way in my respect for duran duran over the years too and the fact they're still at it is awesome i love that but 
I still go with Devo out of all of those bands. Yeah, the Critics' mm-hmm. Choice is Devo. <laughs> of those yeah, from those yeah. three bands, the Critics' Choice is Devo. So we have been coalescing at the top of the ballot alphabetically before you fill in all your votes for the first five alphabetically. L- let's go all the way to the bottom of this list and, and look at a few names. You know, should I just do it and throw a guilt uh, grenade it, into this it. and say, do you? How, how do you guys feel about voting for the only black woman on the ballot? And that's an unfair question to do. (laughs) I know, but you know, I said it was a guilt grenade. So just wanted to, you know, throw that in here. You have been warned. Yeah. I'm going to be strategic about it in this case. Do I think she has a shot this year? I don't. Really? I do not believe she has a shot. My fifth vote is going to be kind of a wacky one because it's an artist I own zero records by and have not a lot of interest in musically. Ooh, I think I know, but mm. could I, I know? But I do believe a hundred percent they deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this, for so I, many I reasons. I bet it's yeah, exactly. Is it? Are we helping for we, leather here? Exactly. Okay. We've been talking a lot about Judas Priest this year, more than I thought we would. This is the year. If it's gonna a clear lane for them it's to get happen. in, hopefully, like the circumstances have never been better for them and they've never been good um but, but <laughs> truly like, yeah we think they're very deserving and also we don't really care about them <laughs> we're like oh similarly never throw them on to yes. listen to casually but like how do you even act like they weren't extraordinarily influential yeah i mean look i love carly simon i grew up listening to those records i know them like the back of my hand i will not vote for carly simon for any reason i think she's gonna get it i think the carol king effect Although, Although we, we have exactly. not seen a ton of support for her in our conversations. I feel like Carly's going to make it this year. I do think it's the Carol King effect. I think people really appreciate her as an artist. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate her as an artist. But again, if I'm looking at it from what is a glaring error to me, that's Judas Priest. That's good. Objectivity coming through, which is the way a, a voter should be. And yeah, we support Judas Priest. Like I literally don't know if I can name a Judas Priest song. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't think you know a Judas Priest song, you got another thing coming. <laughs> oh, there we go. oh, this is good. I'm going to just meet yeah. you this forever. Feels like Karen is, is locked in with Beck Benatar, Kate Bush, Devo, and Judas Priest. But Jim, we don't know. I mean, are you just going to follow uh, the leader? Or are you going to. No, you know, I mean, somewhat, but I, maybe it's just because we have some similar taste and philosophies about life perhaps Karen right, wanted right. to come um, on with you so she so her ballot counts for two this is like yeah good <laughs> Jim how many do you have so far who do you have well actually I written down like the considerations I haven't checked anything yet so love that you know I've still got a few left over so I wanted to ask you guys I mean I do kind of want to vote for a tribe called quest I think you I should. think that they're we think really it's a important, great idea a really important artist you know mm-hmm. and and so groundbreaking, so influential that I just, you know, I believe. But I also, you know, last year, I think, I feel like last year you guys talked me out of Iron Maiden. So that was interesting to hear the embrace of Judas Priest, because I, I feel like I was I was a little pro Iron Maiden for similar reasons. You yeah. Know? The distinction there for us is that Judas Priest has significant radio airplay in America, whereas Iron Maiden has mm-hmm. virtually none. Yeah. Uh, and that Judas yeah. Priest is more classic rock adjacent than Iron Maiden. Uh, 
That's mm-hmm. just that's like the likelihood there. of people getting behind them. It's not that sure. we're not yeah, anti yeah. Iron Maiden, and I do think that actually Judas Priest getting in will help. Help would open the door. Iron Maiden, yeah, you know, absolutely does that. I just love that I can be engaged in a serious conversation with four wonderful people, <laughs> and we're talking about whether someone is anti Iron Maiden or not. I just love that. I think this is <laughs> this is a, this podcast is awesome. And you guys <laughs> Thank are you. The greatest. But that's so a poll quote we're putting that mm-hmm. <laughs> know, put, put it into the trailer. Totally. I mean this is what it's about. Rock and roll is both completely stupid and playful and like serious as a heart attack at the same time. And, yes, and for sure. And we kind of run the gamut on on this conversation and, and most conversations that I have in my life and I imagine all of us have in our lives, right? So this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. But back to Tribe, I think Tribe is a great artist to vote for. And I would I would yeah. fully support that. I'm looking like I am a critic Gen X person. That is sort <laughs> of where I lean. Embrace you know? it. And yeah. embrace but it. maybe that's needed because the hall has been so boomer centric for so long. I think so. I kind of want to vote for Judas Priest. I kind of want to vote for Devo. I kind of want to vote for Pat Benatar. Mm-hmm. And I can't vote there for all go. of them. I don't think. I don't think I can vote for all of them. Okay. So. Well, then what I would say is Benatar and Judas Priest. That would be if you want my input. Really? Because they, I think yeah. they probably have the best chance. Yeah. Yeah. God, Devo. I love Devo. You guys are killing me. So who would you cross off? Pat Benatar, Tribe Called Quest, or Judas Priest? Those are our top three. Mo- if you added Dionne Warwick to that, that's like yeah. you're you're headed towards a perfect ballot of people who we think need the votes. And, yeah. and you're, are only on gonna do, you're only going to do two? <laughs> If I only did two, who would you cross off? That's my question for you I guys. mean, the thing is, because Karen Arty is giving a vote to Pat Benatar, I want to say, then let's have yours go to Tribe mm-hmm. Dion. That's my thinking, but uh, Kristen mm-hmm. doesn't want. I don't know. I can't see a vote go away from Pat this year after my heart has been broken so hard. It's very hard for me yeah, to, we need to, do this to for tell Kristen. someone not to vote for Pat. To not vote for Pat. Like, that's just hard for me. But I do think she has a good shot yeah. this year, but it's very hard for me to say that. I don't assume anything with mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would, I feel like Pat's important. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would really re-legitimize her in a lot of people's eyes. I think so too. To have that happen. And that's... Yeah. She's That's awesome. a big thing, you know. And to have an American rock and roll female artist inducted, there aren't a lot of them. It seems like everybody everybody is in support of Pat here, yeah. uh, and so you might as well jump on the train. And then I I would encourage Tribe, but also I think you personally love like the Judas Priest narrative, and you seem uh, very passionate about it. Which I'm like, that seems cool. Well, I love the I love the narrative. I'm closer to you guys on them than I am on Tribe Called Quest, in that I, I don't often pop on a Judas Priest album. Well, and Tribe is a band that both Joe and I are. I would say they're they're in the Big top fans. five yeah. of the people that I listen to the most on that. Yeah, on this yeah, ballot like yeah, they're so, so amazing mm-hmm. you know what jim since i yeah. did judas why don't you do tribe not that they've ever been in the same room together but <laughs> i i think in terms of validity in terms of being able to stand on that side of his i mean i don't think that judas yeah. priest is the hill i'm gonna die on but mm-hmm. i do feel that you should give that vote to tribe well, I appreciate you voting for Judas Priest because I do think it's important that we do represent something like metal more, uh, mm-hmm. better, you know, in the in the hall. So, all right. So then, I'm sticking with Beck. Okay. And I'm and I'm sticking with Devo. 
Mm-hmm. Kate Bush, Pat mm-hmm. Benatar, Tribe Called Quest. There it is. That's a good ballot. We did it. We so did you guys it. overlap on four. You're both voting for Beck, Benatar, Bush, and Devo. And then Karen's going Judas and Jim is going Tribe. A collab ballot. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> close, <laughs> but not entirely. Close, yeah. Well, yeah. guys, thank you yeah. so much for coming on and, and doing yeah. this, especially doing it together. Yeah. is very fun. It's awesome. Hey, let's do it again next year. Hey, let's do it again next year and we'll see you in the interim. Thank you guys. And it's really an honor and a joy to be here and really fun to hear. You guys have put so much thought into this and it's, 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 (laughs) you blow, Kristen, you blow my mind every time we do this. It's super fun. So thank you for, uh, for, I appreciate both you guys so much. So thank you. Thanks so much. I love this so much. I'm, no, hey, thank you. You guys are so great. We'll see you soon. Later guys. Okay, Kristen, we got uh, one more person to talk to and potentially, I think this might be the last voter we're talking to this entire wow. process. Uh, and she's someone who we've talked to before in person as mm-hmm. well as on Zoom. One of my personal favorite guests. And that's that's both of us. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked to her about the Go-Go's last year and we're going to talk to her again. Of course, Evelyn McDonald. Hey, Evelyn. Hey, guys. It's Always fun to be with you. Well, thank you so much. What stage are you in the ballot process? Have you filled it out and turned it in? Have you touched it? I basically brought it out for this occasion. Okay. I haven't thought about it much. Okay. Well, now's the time. Yeah. Here we are. Thank you for making me, because I'm like, oh, this is due this week. Soon. Soon. (laughs) Yeah. Induction season. Okay, so in looking at this ballot, is there anybody who stands ahead of the pack where you know I am definitely voting for this artist this year? Well, there was. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. wow. Dolly Parton, right? Obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't do that anymore. I Yeah. I You know, I, I mean, I thought about it like, I guess if she doesn't want to be part of the process, then I will pass her, her wishes. I know. Yeah. yeah. So we say. All um, right. Well, so, yeah. I mean, really, like, so I guess, like, the next standout is Dionne Warwick. Yeah. yeah. That's a, you know, that we will advocate for her induction till the cows come home. Until she gets in. And, you know, we're, we've talked to a lot of people who are voting for her, so we feel... Mm-hmm cautiously optimistic but dang i mean like there's a a woman who has been at it for so so long i would say dion is a great great pick yes yeah yes yeah and and, and she probably was up there with with dolly as a a top choice so i i hope this is her year i mean it's you know weird that people that she had such an influence on are in and and that she is is not so Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad to hear that other people are saying they're going to vote for her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're, we're doing our best to cajole people, influence, persuade, guilt, do every tactic to yeah. get them to, to vote for Dion. I mean, I will say like overall, I feel like I guess part of why I haven't really been putting this ballot, thinking about it a lot is because I'm just like not that excited about it. Not like I was like last year was such a great ballot. Mm-hmm. So many artists that I was so excited and several of them got in and I just don't have the same, like there's a lot of like, yeah, I'd like them in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're not like Carol King and Tina Turner and the Go-Go's where it was just like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, you yeah, know. Like super yeah. exciting. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think like you could even like ask me on a different day and I might change because there's just it's just like a lot of like oh well you know yeah but maybe not I, I don't even like I can't even really put them in order because it's kind of just like a lot of there's the top two but then one of them dropped out mm-hmm. and then there was like oh like seven that I'm like yeah 
and you know and then a few that i'm like well not really yeah well, <laughs> let's let's help you hone this down yeah so help me hone it and i'm just gonna go down the order alphabetically now kate bush who honestly like i'm not one of those kate bush fanatics mm-hmm. but i understand her incredible importance and i, and mm-hmm. I think she is a kind of genius she's just not mm-hmm. some, like someone i put on a playlist hardly mm-hmm. ever that said i was having like this whole rumination as i was driving yesterday for two hours in horrible LA traffic Um, (laughs) and just thinking about like women's voices if you're my age and you grew up listening to rock and roll you were told that certain kinds of voices were not like rock and roll and and it's it's so gendered and it was so about like high pitch you know soprano Mm -hmm. Uh, falsetto was okay but (laughs) like soprano not right right So I feel like she is so important as someone who defies that. For yeah. sure. Uh, may I ask, if we're going alphabetically, did we skip Pat Benatar? We did skip Pat Benatar. Oh. Really? I am not, again, oh, like, I am just not a big Pat Benatar fan. I mean, I, I don't, like, dislike her, but... But don't you think she rocks? They, you know, they all rock. Like, I feel like just because- Yeah, but... If Journey is in, if Def Leppard is in, if we are going to put in these corporate rock acts from the 80s that were all over the radio, all over MTV, and not include the woman who kind of is in that genre is a peer, I would say in that it's like, why, (laughs) why do we not- Let's let's examine what's happening there with all the peers and then- kind of the lone woman uh, right. from that era and we're well, just heart would be the the other mm-hmm. right artist that was allowed to be played on those stations uh, yeah i think of heart as more like the exception that proves the rule or whatever right. you know for me pat her exclusion says more than anything it's the fact that she has been overlooked not even nominated for so long and then finally gets nominated two years ago and doesn't get in it feels bad it feels as a feminist it feels bad and i want her in for that reason you know it's yeah she's not the go-go's she's not uh, she's just not she is a different type of artist but for me like even a corporate rock woman is still she rocks and that's 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 my that's my passion she rests her case right (laughs) gavel so i guess i guess what i would say is like why wouldn't vote for journey either or you know Mm -hmm. I wouldn't vote for Def Leppard either. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just not into that. I mean, I grew up like under the tyranny of that mm-hmm. radio format in like yes. a small Western town. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't feel like it's my job with my ballot to only address, like to, to try to make the hall be balanced in its like not great choices. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather, you know, I just feel like there's artists that to me are more musically innovative and interesting that I listened to. I understand what you're saying and it's true, but in terms of like my balloting, I wouldn't have voted for those acts. So it's actually consistent for me. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, like, enough. I, like, I yeah. can't, only vote for someone because of their gender. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I've made my case. I've done my best. I think she rocks. I hope she gets in. I think it'll be great for the hall if she gets in. And I would just love to see what kind of rocking women want to come out and talk about her. I think it would be pretty cool and fun. And I really hope she gets in. And, you know, and again, like to me, like Kate Bush was more groundbreaking than Pavin. And mm-hmm. that's really important to me is like innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the same with like the Eurythmics. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just so much more interested in Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart. Also. Well, and they're doing more interesting things. I'm not going to be like, like Pat Benatar kind of no is more interesting there, yeah. than Eurythmics. That right. will never be a word I say. <laughs> also, I like Eurythmics more than I like Pat Benatar. Right. But, right. you know, and I want them all in. <laughs> right. Like, so that's my third. And so and I think we did this last year. No, I, I, I'm a Felicuti fan. And I, mm-hmm. in some ways, he's the most important person on this ballot in terms of his global impact Mm -hmm. and the dispersal of music globally and just leading the continent of Africa. And and I do feel like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame needs to be more international. And does that lead me to my last one? Yeah. If if all those are are your locks, then yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so then my last is A Tribe Called Quest. Very good. We love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. They are so good. We're so excited about their inclusion. Well, Evelyn, your ballot this year is going to be Kate Bush, Eurythmics, Bella Kuti, A Tribe Called Quest, and Dionne Warwick. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no compl- I, I say mean, just, go for it. Yeah. I that's... say go for it. There's, you're, we're not going to try to convince you of any. There's nothing else that, you know, I made my little, my Pat case. In particular, we're happy to see Tribe and Dion. And the other picks are great. So happy. And those are great picks. Um, well, thanks so much for taking the time and, and talking to us and letting us know your picks. Uh, it's always great to talk to you, Evelyn. Yes. Yeah, great thank to talk you, to you guys. so much. Have All right. Take care. Yes. Thank you. Wow. So that Kristen, that was our last caller. That was there it eight, is. eight callers in this episode. And that brings our final total to 18 voters that we've surveyed. So we, we've got our data here, but Kristen. Yes. Bombshell. Hmm. We're not the only one out there collecting data. How is that possible? Literally, who else would bother? Well, the answer should be obvious if that's the question. (laughs) Our friend Neil Walls over at futurerocklegends.com is taking the internet route with this and uh, trying to find out people's ballots via Facebook, Twitter, whatever it takes. And he's here to discuss that with us. Neil Walls, hello. Hello. Part-time sleuth. Yeah, it's a it's quite a job hunting down all the voters and things. I mean, we've been trying to sort of record who they are for years and posting them on our website because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, of course, keeps the voting rolls anonymous intentionally. So whenever we hear of a voter on the scene, we'll sort of make a note of it and then post it on our website just Ooh. so we can start to collect some of that data. How big is your list? How many people do you know are known voters? The Rock Hall is intentionally vague, I think, a little bit. Every year when they announce the nominees, they'll say, you know, the ballot is being sent to over a thousand voters, or in this year, it's up to over 1,200 voters is their latest number. So of those, we know, of course, the largest voting block are living Hall of Famers themselves, and that's Mm -hmm. sort of the easiest one to catalog. And so we've done that, of course, and um, there's roughly... 514 living Hall of Famers. So, you know, that's a that's a pretty good chunk. And then we know of roughly another 135 plus, partially thanks to your show as well, highlighting these. And so we know we know that's who they are. And so we sort of just make a note and um, you know, see who if they've revealed their ballot, and then we sort of have been collecting those on a public spreadsheet. Right. Ooh. But it's an imperfect science because there are voters who don't vote anymore or there mm-hmm. are sometimes the the hall stops sending ballots to certain voters i've talked to people about like come on the show and and share your ballot and they're like oh i don't uh 
I don't vote anymore and I haven't voted in a long time. And, you know, that's, again, information we don't know if people still have their ballot. And also, we do not know a lot of these inductees who might have better things to do or have a blasé attitude about the hall in general if they even return their ballot. I have heard that if you don't return your ballot two years in a row, they stop sending it to you. Oh. And I don't know if that extends to inductees, if that's just a rule for everybody. I'm not sure. What if you freaking move? I'm just like, you're a rock star. You're on the road. You're just, yeah. Is this like you got to register with the hall every year? So, Neil, how many ballots were you able to track outside of the ones that we grabbed? Uh, so you said you had about 18. So we, I think, picked up another 22, Ooh. which out of 1,200, it feels like a very, it's just a drop in the bucket. You know, this is the first year that we're publicly doing this. So it might take a few years for word to start to spread and things like that. You know, we were inspired from the Baseball Hall of Fame side where, you know, a group of people have been doing this for years. And, you know, it's become this annual tradition where they've been able to collect like half the ballots, but it's a lot easier on Mm -hmm. that side because they know who basically the voters are and roughly how many there are. You know, they get data at the end which is huge. So they can actually sort of start to understand what voters' intentions are when they publicly share their ballot versus when they will not share their ballot. Mm. And there's all these kinds of trends and things that you can sort of ascertain over time. So I'm hoping that, you know, this first year, I'm not sure there's a lot of like huge takeaways that we'll be able to do with such a small sample, but I'm hoping that over the years, as we start to see maybe some trends, you know, where this sort of public ballot sharing type of voter, where they sort of lean versus where the overall voting body might lean, Mm -hmm. which includes all of sort of the Hall of Famers that are never going to disclose their ballots. Like you said, the Baseball Hall of Fame, they will publish the percentage of votes so you can really do some calculations. But we will never know who runs away with it and who barely makes it. It's all all the same. Well, Kristen, of our data, if we are Mm -hmm. to wrap up what we've collected, and there's two things to note, because Rob Tannenbaum and Lauren Onke were two of a few people who didn't finish filling out their ballots. But Rob posted on Facebook, and he may have deleted it since, but his fifth vote ended up going to Tribe. All right. And Lauren Anki, who is at the very beginning of this episode, ended up going with Pat Benatar. Love to hear it. So with our 18 votes that we've culled, with 12 of the 18 votes, uh, Dion Warwick is at the top of the heap. Wow. I mean, these are the people that we talk to and it Mm -hmm. feels like last year we had to do a lot of work to get those votes. And this year, I feel like everyone's like, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Second most votes with nine is a tribe called Quest. Third most with eight is Pat Benatar. Wow. Um, It's almost like they were talking to us specifically. (laughs) (laughs) This rules. A very sudden and uh, unexpected surge in this episode alone of six votes that went to Kate Bush, bringing her to number four. Wow. Seven votes. And then it's really spread out for the fifth slot. It's a four-way tie between Eurythmics, Judas Priest, Fela Kuti, and New York Dolls with six Hmm. votes apiece. And that's what it's looking like for us. But now let us combine data with what Neil has tracked. And Neil, what do we find? Yeah, and it's been really fascinating, sort of upending some assumptions that we may have made, you know, early on, you know, whenever the ballot first gets released, 
you know, there's some additional impressions like, oh, this person's definitely going to get in, or, you know, maybe the critics are going to vote for this person. You know, I feel like this year, tracking these and actually sort of counting the votes and things like that, you sort of get a better sense of who people actually vote for. And you can't Mm -hmm. always assume that somebody's going to vote for one artist or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, previously, we've sort of relied on the fan vote, you know, is sort of the main data point for where things might go. And, you know, there's been sort of a correlation between artists that do well on the fan vote and then end up getting in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's nice to be able to have sort of a more well-rounded representation of votes that we can look at. So to that point, I mean, things are obviously similar to what you've seen, but for number one, for us with 41 votes, including the fan vote, a tribe called Quest is in the lead with 21. And so they're showing up on 51% of ballots. I love that. Number two is Pat Benatar. Oh my gosh. And, and that's, a, that's a tie, right? She is tied with Dionne Warwick. And they <gasps> both have 19 right behind. This is giving me too much hope. And I really, I can't live in this world where, I mean, I understand this is a very small, incredibly skewed sample size. Yeah, I would say at best, this is 5% of the total votes turned in, most likely less than that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. It's good. Keeping me in check. I just, you know, you look at the top three are like my three artists that I want in the most. More than anybody. The other thing is like- you know, we did not talk to any inductees and Neil similarly was not able to get any information from an inductees ballot. And we both tried. Nearly everyone here is a critic, critic. Or music, music writer. There's some exceptions here and there with like, for some reason, Brian Koppelman, uh, who's a TV writer and created the show Billions, uh, has a ballot. <laughs> he, he shared his. Uh, Skylar Gray has a ballot. Uh, who's she, that? She has collaborated with Eminem and she only voted for Eminem. Wow. She co-wrote Love the Way You Lie. That's helpful too, because obviously Duran Duran is getting in. Eminem Mm -hmm. is getting in. (laughs) Like, just remember those things. Do not get caught on a wave believing that Tribe, Dion, and Pat are coming for the top. They're all three are going to get in. Nobody's on the bubble. (laughs) They're all in, baby. Right. Yeah. So Uh, you you have to to keep that in mind uh, who we talk to. And it's the same with with what Neil has been able to Thank you. I mean, I guess, thank you. That's a good reminder. And then it kind of continues with number four, right? In terms of who we've been pitching, it's Judas Priest, right? Yeah, Judas Priest. So there's there's sort of a strong number four, which is, you know, I don't know if this is any indication of how they're doing this year, but I think, you know, it's not, it's it's, it's more of a clear lane than it was, Mm -hmm. you know, previously, certainly than two years ago. They have 16 votes. And the other thing is like, I would not expect Judas Priest to necessarily do well with the critic types, which I think is potentially a sign of something. And then number five was Fela Kuti with 15. See, and now we're really understanding the kind of ballots we're looking at. Okay, right. this is a reminder. <laughs> That's the top five. And then the next one is uh, with 14 votes, uh, Duran Duran. Okay, a little populism in the house. Then it's followed closely by Devo, Kate Bush, Eurythmics. Eminem, surprisingly, is sort of down here in the mix in the middle, in 10th, tied with MC5 and New York Dolls. <laughs> See, now I know who these ballots are. I should really not let things get away from me over here. Yeah. Who's the very lowest vote getter out of our sample? Well, until this episode, (laughs) both our polling and Neil's polling had Beck with zero. 
which is kind of shocking. But, you know, we saw Karen and Jim choose them in this episode. So it bumps them up to two, but they're still at the very bottom. And Lionel's got three. Interesting. But again, in the long run, both of those artists are going to get more votes than MC5 and New York Dolls, probably combined. I, I think the difference between sort of our representative sample here being sort of more on the critic side, being a little bit more on the younger side, you know, versus the Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. the average age of living Hall of Famers is 72. Wow. And wow. Um, so like I mean, that's not average... that crazy, though, if you think, what if you is think this, about the it. Senate? Because there's still some living members of groups from the, no, it's... In the 80s. So it's like a of course, it's going to be it's going to be pretty old. Yeah, and your your oldest Hall of Famer is Mo Austin, who's ninety five years old, mm-hmm. and your youngest is Elon Rubin, who was just inducted with Nine Inch Nails a couple of years ago, and he's thirty three. So those are the two opposite ends of the spectrum. But your median Hall of Famer that you want to sort of want to have a potential voter in your mind that's somebody like Steve Winwood, who's. 72, yeah. 73. He's also turning in his ballot M&M only. Uh, <laughs> I think it's safe to assume. Now, there's one other thing I want to talk about. We don't have to devote a ton of time to this, but there is an alleged mole <gasps> on Twitter. Doesn't have a lot of followers or likes. Neil and I found them, but they are <laughs> claiming to have the vote totals at, at certain stages in the process. They have not tweeted in a bit. Neil, what do you think about this account? I don't know what to believe with this because in some ways the the votes are believable and and they Mm -hmm. may sort of confirm some original assumptions that we had about who would do well on the ballot. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, it feels like it could be true. Now it does sort of fly in the face a little bit of some of the data that we've collected. But again, I'm the first one to tell you that sort of the representative data that we have is is a very small sample and there's a huge margin for error. Yeah, my thought is going back to the very name of this podcast, who cares about the rock hall? Why would anyone do this? (laughs) Like who out there would have like an elaborate scheme about rock hall votes? Wait, so what are they saying? Are they- The first tweet was like rock hall 2022 standings currently from about one fourth of the votes. And then the next one was an update. This is going to be like QAnon, where when it doesn't come true, <laughs> you have to backtrack away to find to be like, they didn't mean that actually Eminem would be the top vote getter. Right. What they meant. <laughs> so their last tweet was on April 19th. What they are saying is that number one, Eminem. Mm-hmm. Number two, Duran Duran. Okay, no. so it's seeming legit enough that's, that yeah, that's exactly. why you're taking it seriously. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, it's like you could come up with this list pretty easily. Yeah, if you just like listen podcast. to our show. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So number two, Duran Duran. Number three, Pat Benatar. Number Maybe four, it's just one of our fans trying to get our attention. <laughs> <laughs> number four, Lionel Richie. Number five, Tribe. And then number six, Dolly. Since they've been posting, Dolly has been falling and Tribe has been coming up. And then they have at seven, Judas Priest, at eight, Dion, at nine, Fella. At the very bottom, they have the New York Dolls and Beck and Devo. They have Carly Simon very low, which, you know, I think that that will be a good test of whether or not this is legit because she's someone just seeing the first nominees. We thought, okay, she has a good chance of getting in. And this thing is indicating likely not. So let's talk about like our final thoughts and final predictions here. Yeah. So, I mean, with all of the data, it's hard not to have that sway some of your thoughts about how things might go, but, you know, I want to be careful with that and sort of trust a little bit some of my prior assumptions about what the Rock Hall has been doing in in previous 
years and sort of their general attraction to the big names on the ballot. So, you know, when the ballot was first released, I think my my general impression was that it was going to be Eminem, Duran Duran, Pat Benatar, Lionel Richie. Dolly. Dolly Parton for sure was going to yeah. be in there. But I think now, like even in the data that we've seen from voters, her support has just really dropped off. I think people are really respecting her wishes and not voting for her. So I don't think she's going to get in now. And I think Judas Priest is going to slide in. Similarly, the ballot came out. I thought Dolly for sure, Mm -hmm. Eminem likely, Lionel likely, Duran Duran, and then Carly. I thought Carly was just because of the name recognition and like never nominated kind of fits in with that singer songwriter that you would imagine would be popular with the typical rock hall voter. And then Pat was kind of my sixth. Looking at her data, considering the mole, uh, Considering the bowl, oh I my am gosh. thinking Dolly's going to drop out of that, and then that opens it up. Tribe, I don't, I like, don't want to get my hopes up, but there are signs pointing to tribe. Perhaps I'm being led astray by what I want to believe. But honestly, if none of this had happened outside of just Dolly dropping out, I probably would have said Eurythmics have the shot to take that slot. Okay, so for me, what I think might happen, obviously I think Eminem and Duran Duran are getting in. It's really looking good for Pat, which is exciting to me. I do think Lionel is going to get in. And gosh, I mean, who the hell else? I mean, Tribe and Judas Priest, sure, why not? And then Dion Warwick as well. <laughs> That's what's interesting about this class is we feel confident about four, and mm-hmm. then it really... The bubble is big. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a close. lot of people bringing up the middle. The data, you know, even though I'm so hesitant to sort of trust it at this point, it does plant seeds of doubt in my mind. Like going into this, I never would have had any doubt that Eminem was getting in first year. But the fact that his support is a little bit soft, even with just the voters that we have, you know, is it going to be like the Beastie Boys who missed out twice before finally getting in? Oh. Or are they, or is he more like Tupac? Biggie, Jay-Z, that we've seen in recent years. Yeah. We'll see, though. Announcement coming up. Look for that in the middle of next week. But for now, any final thoughts? I would love for if there are any other voters out there that that wanted to share their ballots, where you accept anonymous ballots, too? Yeah. Neil is still collecting ballots if they are out there. If you want to see the big, massive spreadsheet, you can just go to at Future Rock Legends, LGNDS, no ease there and you can uh, you can see for yourself there it is well nomination season comes to a close we wow. talked to we talked to so many people but yeah that's what we we enter the next phase of the year for the rock hall oh my god there's more the long slog until <laughs> oh the ceremony my god. and we're we're looking at a <laughs> legit solid six months of uh, spinning our wheels uh, no. from announcement to induction ceremony so will joe let us take a break stay tuned we'll find out but neil thank you for uh, thank you for joining us and providing some insight and analysis to this whole process yeah thank you for talking to all these voters it's been really insightful of course our listeners know they can follow us at rock all pod on twitter and instagram rock all pod if you want is the email if you want kristen to see your message you need to designate that somewhere in there otherwise she doesn't want to see it and i'm not going to forward it uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us. Five stars only. Come on. Give us that good shit. Uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to Future Rock Legends, of course, not only for their website that catalogs all inductees, but also for this damn public ballot tracker. 
which together we become a massive ballot tracker. Uh, it's a beautiful union. Uh, and thank you, of course, to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. I'm Joe Kozala. I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares about the Rock Hall? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.